action is a key to success in business and in life. If you do not take action, and sometimes massive action, you will not get results. Is there a downside to this? Is it worth it? Are the long days and nights really worth the potential upside of the results you could achieve? Listen, you and I both know that without hard work, it is pretty unlikely that you will produce anything of quality. Rituals are crucial as well. You're going to need to get yourself some rituals. Right now, every one of you in this room is controlled by your rituals. I don't just mean this one. I mean every morning you get up. I know your body. I can look at your body right now, and I can guess your rituals. Some of you, your rituals to work out five times a week, I can see it clearly. Four to six times a week, it's obvious. Because you couldn't look like that if you didn't do that. Some form of workout. I don't care if it's walking, lifting, whatever. Some of you, it's obvious that lifting weights is part of it. You can see by that man's muscles. I know what his rituals are because your life comes from your rituals. If you don't develop the ritual, you're kidding yourself. Now, Tony is an advocate for massive action. And in times of my life, I am too, but not always. He shares it is obvious what habits we have merely by looking at someone. So what habits or rituals are you creating in your life, intentionally or unintentionally? My dear brother, Satyan Raja, is one of the most dropped-in people I know. He's a master of martial arts and has truly mastered many aspects of his life as well. Rituals will create that. Commitment to depth will create that. Allowing truth will create that. Facing your dragon is the path to all that you've ever wanted, and it's time to get real. Are you being courageous? Are you actually looking at the things that are stopping you? Or again, distracted and addicted, avoiding the very thing that you could face that will set you free? Satyan shares this truth in this week's episode. What we don't see is the dark side of massive action. Behind the scenes, the divorces, breakups, health problems, lack of balance, lack of sleep, nervousness about bills, nervousness around taxes. Listen, I know you want to create a big life for yourself or you would not be here listening to this. Leaning into your edge and paradox will get you there and it may not be comfortable. Wu Wei in Chinese literally means non-doing a concept of Taoism that means natural action, a flow-like state with less struggle or excessive effort. It's the cultivation of a mental state in which our actions are quite effortlessly in alignment with the flow of life. Action is key, but how we take action is even more important. As Abraham Hicks would say, alignment first, then action. Years ago, I was dazed into a workshop called Sex, Passion, and Enlightenment with Satyan and his team. In this incredible space, all of us feeling deep into ourselves, with Satyan feeling deeply into who we are, he would draw a name from that deep down place. Mine? The Way. Having been studying Taoism for about eight years by that point, and having been on major media outlets as a leader of a community with thousands of participants in Southern California, it resonated. Not having any experience of doubt in the moment, I took it in. Have you had a moment where someone said something to you and you really got it, like really felt it and really owned it, and were a complete yes? Well, herein lies some paradox. As Miyamoto Musashi said, there is nothing outside of yourself that can ever enable you to get better, stronger, richer, quicker, or smarter. Everything is within. Everything exists. Seek nothing outside of yourself. This quote feels so true, so real, and so freeing. And yet we still oftentimes need to experience outside things that anchor our truth. I believe the key is to hold everything loosely and allow it to flow, turning down the self-importance. So why do you do what you do? What is your driver? Is it coming from fear, from scarcity, from seeking validation in some form? (laughs) Listen, I get it. 
We all feel afraid. We all need certainty. We all crave validation at some level. It's simply biological and primal. There is another way if you are courageous. We will dive into this more. But first, listen to Kamza Khan as he speaks at a 2016 TEDx event in Canada titled The Burnout Gamble and how much stress is in the workplace. We are arguably in the golden age of stress. This is possibly the most stressful we have ever been as a species. In fact, 69% of employees reported that work was a significant source of stress for them. We all feel this relentless pressure to perform, and there's multiple stressors that contribute to this feeling. Simply, there are two types of stress, one positive and one negative. Eustress, or positive stress, motivates and focuses energy. It's short-term and perceived as within our coping abilities, feels exciting and improves performance. And distress, or negative stress, that causes anxiety or concern and can be shorter long-term and is perceived as outside of our coping abilities. It feels unpleasant and decreases performance and can lead to mental and physical problems. The point is this, massive action can produce massive results but at what cost? Welcome to the Face Your Dragon podcast, where we help you, a messenger with a mission, leverage your fear to amplify your voice in the world. On the show, we open up the concept that what you are most afraid of and most resisting are the very things that will set you free. With courage, with clarity, with contribution, you can have it all. This show will engage in deep, enriching conversation with thought leaders, best-selling authors, celebrities, athletes, icons, and regular Joes who have faced their fear and are now using it to create impact in the world. I'm Brad Axelrad, and I'll be your host. There are few people I truly have as much respect for as this week's guest, Satya and Raja. I've done numerous workshops with his company, Warrior Sage, and can attest to the pure power and transformation that comes from his work. Like I have said a few times before, he's pretty much the baddest dude I know on the planet. Listen in as he shares his badassery with us. Satyan, it's great to have you here, my friend. Thanks, Brad. Always good to be with you, brother. Yeah, just honored to be in this conversation. We've been in multiple different conversations throughout the years, and it's really my honor to have you in this capacity. Thank you, brother. So what's happened in the world today? Just a very simple, quick kind of overview. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a crazy world we're living in. Are you talking about the politics? and All uh, the above, yeah, the fear. And, and the environment and about the 10,001 fronts that need to be totally taken care of like about 20 years ago. Yeah, that's a pretty good synopsis, my friend. I mean, uh, obviously, the political climate, the standing rock or two that comes to mind, and you know, the Face Your Dragon podcast is really about fear and recognizing how fear is such a big driver in people. What's going on from your perspective, man? Well, listen, you know, from survival standpoint, everyone inherent in their own nature has the desire to for self-preservation, and so. Whenever there's danger in the air, tension in the air, pressure in the air, fear in the air, in the climate of society, in a macro way, in a micro personal way, stuff going on at home, stuff going on at work and business, you name it, right? All this sort of fear, it activates our fear center, our very own, this pressure to survive. And in those moments, we retract back to self-survival. And I think that's the root of what's going on right now is that is being elicited within our media that's being elicited 
in the world conditions. It's being elicited and stoked and made um, use of, in fact, mm. and uh, utilized by some people, unfortunately, like media and so forth, to keep inflaming the hearts and the passions and the division of, of all of us. Uh, it's amazing how we are such animals, really, in that regard. The fight, flight, or freeze mechanism of our limbic brain and being able to tug on the fear strings, like you said, it's really incredible to watch, to observe, to be sort of entrained in. Exactly. Yeah, I just did six weeks back in, in the States during the election and was able to uh, witness and experience it firsthand where I was going into yeah. fight, flight, or freeze and feel the energy all around. And, you know, I mean, you're up in Canada and, you know, as the listeners know, I'm down in Costa Rica and, you know, the climates are different all over. I'm so curious to hear kind of the take of Canadians just overall. And this isn't a political show by any means. So we'll, we'll just touch on sort of the political climate, but it's more of a, of a feeling tone. Like what's going on up there? Well, you know, I think just as every country, Canada itself has those who are more left-oriented and those who are more right-oriented. And so the left over here are more sympathetic with the left over there and the right over here are more sympathetic with the right over there. Right. So the division is there. It's always been there. It's crafted that way. And so us Canadians, we tend to just let things roll by a little, you know. <laughs> we don't get as inflamed. We tend to be a little bit more civil and courteous right by nature you know oh, but we're God. watching we're watching and the crowds i circle around in we're watching with amusement and for some of us with deep concern and you know there's many different layers of fear right i mean it's certainly primal fear or sort of an observational fear or situational fear you know what would you say has been one of the biggest dragons or fears you've had to face in your life satyan well the fear of failure for me, is the the one that kept me pumped up for many years. And, you know, I remember early in my life when I started in martial arts and I, I wanted to be a teacher and then I opened up my martial arts school underneath the banner of my mentor. And the fear of, you know, what if this just falls flat on its face? The cost involved, all the risk involved to renovate and prepare and then to start a business and market and do all the functions of running sort of a a temple in the middle of a business environment, having to make a business out of it. And at the same time, every single day trying to get across something that's more obscure, that's not the norm type work or business. Right. So that's the biggest thing that I've had to face is the fear that my personal passions won't make it or break it or I won't become successful with my own personal signature passion, you know. And now you've married that now with the Warrior Sage community. I know there's been a couple different pivots in the business since when did you start the Warrior Sage tribe? Since 1999. Yeah, I thought it's been around a long time and then it kind of pivoted and now it's really back in full force. And, you know, how does your work, I know you do some incredible work and I've done some of your work and it's been some of the most transformative work I've experienced. I'm curious how you can sort of anchor what you do with the current climate and entrepreneurship and all the fear of failure and the fear of success and the five dragons that we talk about on this show? Like, how does all of your work sort of encapsulate that and help people use the fear or leverage it? Well, the way, you know, I look at it from this perspective of the warrior sage principles, that type of mindset, that type of way of being is a fear is we remove ourselves from latching onto its significance for a moment. We learn to recognize what our the images I have regarding the fear that I have. What thoughts do I have regarding this fear that I'm having? What emotions, feelings am I having? 
regarding this fear, whatever that fear is, right? What body sensations do I have when I'm in this fear? These particular four elements, these particular four awarenesses, images, thoughts, feelings, emotions, and body sensations. For a warrior sage, we look at and we feel these fully. The key is, is by feeling these fully rather than retracting or coiling away from, which is the natural response, by feeling the images fully, the thoughts, the emotions, and the body sensations of our fears, what happens is we merge with them. They expand. They get digested through the depth and the deepening of one's presence and attention to these four elements, images, thoughts, feelings, and body sensations of our fears. And then something unique happens, my friend. (laughs) What happens is a deeper layer of wisdom or a deeper fear comes up to the surface to be dissolved again. So the key is, is to feel these things deeply, fully is the path that I practice myself because I find that anything around that, if I'm not feeling it, and like you say, facing that dragon, embodying that dragon, then that dragon owns me. Yeah. It limits me. But if I merge with it and breathe it, and absorb it fully and be willing to feel it fully to the core, that feeling duplicates, in fact, dissolves that fear and an underlying wisdom starts to emerge, a knowingness of direction, a knowingness of intuition, a knowingness of what direction would be most opportune next. This is what happens when we have the courage to dive deep you know, into the essence of our fear. That's what I've experienced for myself and in my trainings I teach, you know. Uh, it's so beautiful. I mean, there's the opportunity to really use our fear and leverage our fear, not wield it, but leverage it internally and actually integrate it. And what I'd like to say is find, face, and ride your dragon, right? So your perspective is incredibly impactful. And I pray that everybody listening to this really takes this on that what we resist persists. <laughs> and, you know, in Joseph Campbell's brilliant words, again, this is, the, I love this quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So what you're most resisting or most sort of pretending isn't there is your greatest gift, your greatest power and the dragon shadow power that you get to use in the world. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, brother. So you how know, do, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say from a more sage perspective, we have a particular quantity and quality of attention, of presence, of radiance, of where we can bring ourselves to, our presence to our attention to, our care to. And it's finite. It's not infinite, this, from our human side, right? It's we can only bring so much attention to any moment, only so many projects, only so many to-do lists, only before our attention wanes and we can't hold it all together. And everyone's different with that, right? Right. But these units of attention, what drags us down the most is the ones that elicit fear. And fear response is either to close down, to shut down, to constrict one's breath, to have thoughts and visuals of failure and things dropping. And the key is, is if you just allow yourself to be present, be real, to embrace and to recognize, listen, those fears are coming from outside of me. They're not self-generated. I'm being stoked, right, in this depression of fear. The other form of fear is getting you pissed off and angry and all fired up and against them and we got to do something. That also is a form of reactivity to fear. There's a middle path and the middle path 
is a paradoxical path. And when you're ready, I'll share a little bit about that. That sounds great. I'm really taking in what you're saying. And one of the honors I have of interviewing such champions like yourself on the Facial Dragon podcast for the Dragon Tribe is really, I get to sit here and breathe into the conversation we're in. And I'm experiencing the possibility of what's being presented with you. So thank you, man. Yeah, you're welcome. So another thing, you know, I'm so curious to kind of hear, and everything is in paradox. I love that you brought up paradox. I really believe the juice of life and the essence or the opportunity of life is in the paradox. So if we have the ability to hold that paradox, that is really the master, the path of the master. So I'm real curious to hear more about that. But what would you say is the one main thing that really keeps, you know, messengers, coaches, presenters, speakers, consultants stuck? I mean, you've been in this a long time. You've worked with thousands of people. What have you noticed from working with a lot of people? And I know you work and use sexual energy and intimacy and spirituality and other modalities in Peru and things like that that can create transformation and breakthrough. What would you say through all of that is sort of the common theme of people that keeps them from saying yes and sharing their message with the world or living their purpose? Overcomplicating one's deepest purpose and mission. Overcomplicating it. Overthinking it. Adding so many steps for the delivery of one's greatest gifts, service, whatever they are. It's putting in excessive amounts of mind and generating architectures which are so complex and complicated that the amount, it takes so much time just to create the infrastructures (laughs) for that business, for that offering, for that giving. And then you've got to keep this great infrastructure fired up constantly over and over and over again, changing it, fanning it, flaming it, changing this color, this headline. And, (laughs) you know, the endless, endless and all those units of attention, which are best suited for your deepest service, get caught up in the desire to give deep service rather than the giving of the deep service. That's brilliant, man. So, you know, I'm certain that there are folks on the podcast right now listening, saying, but wait, I've got this intricate marketing funnel. And I mean, they're, I'm nodding my head as you're saying all of this. Yes, change the headline. Yes, create content over and over and over again. I totally get that. And yet there's obviously opportunity in creating all of those things, but there's beauty and simplicity in the acronym of KISS, keep it simple, stupid. Well, uh, you know, in fact, I disagree because in my work with coaching many people in these internet or these type of fields where there's great amounts of bells and whistles and steps and so forth, I find that no matter what figure that is claimed as a figure, usually it turns out to be a gross figure, not a net figure, Ooh, meaning a million dollar sale, not, not, a, not a million dollar profit. You know, a million dollars in sales, one could feel very thrilled and elated and use that as their marketing front end piece. But there is a sorry unreality that I've experienced, a deep chasm of unreality between gross profit and net profit. And <laughs> well, that, but you see, that's a psychological, emotional thing. It's the desire within oneself what my teacher calls the law of variance, to be seen as something bigger than you actually are in this moment, to be noticed and appreciated, to have a wider you know, wealth or greater wealth or pockets than you actually do. And it's a spur to look how much I've sold. And if you come into this, you'll be able to sell that much. No one ever says, look how much life freedom I have gained from my uh, business. Thank you. 
Look at the time I am spending with my children and, and making love with my wife and nurturing myself and my body and my time with spirit and my time with just nothing, with extreme divine laziness. No one ever shares this in their marketing spiels. Oh, it's so beautiful. So, you know, we're all wanting to make money, create an impact in the world. I get it. We've got that. But to touch on the freedom piece, and really, that's what we're about here. How do we create a business that people sets want to us make free? An, people want to make an impact in the world after they've made an impact in their world. But if you get after making an impact in others' world, then there'll be an impact in your world. Very, very well said. So the freedom it's really, piece. Yeah. It's really like really simple. It's what's your deepest gift? What must you do to serve others through your offering right now? Not what mission statement does your business have. Statements have nothing to do with it. What's the sole purpose at a soul level of your offering? If it's not congruent with what you're offering now, then you got to scrap it because you'll be in an endless cycle of bullshit and tension and struggle. And as you move forward, there'll be two steps back, moving two steps forward, three steps back. It'll be because it's not your door to walk through. Well, it's interesting, and I agree 100%. I'm certain everybody else does. When I moved to Costa Rica a year ago, things opened up in ways I couldn't even imagine, and that was really because of living in alignment with my deepest heart's desire, my passion. I had to lean into some of my biggest fears, letting go of so much comfort and creature comforts in the States and familiarity and predictability yes. and certainty, right? But it was when I leaned yeah. in, right? When I leaned into that uncertainty is when everything opened up. You know, there's more passion at the edge of life, right? Yes. And, you know, some of us already feel good about what offering that we make, what business, its, it's structure and so forth. Well, how about taking the effort, you know, from making an impact to creating freedom for yourself? How about we lessen our... What, what automatically comes out of human potential people is, oh, I'm doing this for contribution, you know, like, because yeah, we've yeah, heard it a hundred times. Yep. What if we put that aside for a sec and we assume we trust ourselves and we never have to say it's for contribution ever again. And we go with contribution and we make it our silent power. And we offer contribution from the place of sacred silence, not having to brandish ourselves. Perhaps, you know, even at the highest levels, not even taking tax receipts for any offerings made because you want nothing in return. You're not playing any game. You're not aggrandizing yourself or self-depreciating yourself. You're in the Tao with your rested self, which is at its highest state of transmission and synchronicity. When you're in that place where you've lowered the freaking importance about being seen in any particular way. You're spot on, brother. And I just keep dropping in more and more as you're speaking. I'm, a couple things come to mind. And that's the two things, the self-importance piece and false humility. And, you know, there's healthy ego and unhealthy ego. And I, there's so much of all of that self-importance and false humility just rampant in the coaching, consulting, speaking world. And I, I get it. There's something deeper. There's that resting in the silence like you're suggesting, Satyan. It's uh, how do we do that? Can you give us some tips on how to actually get to that yeah. state? Well, you know, first of all, what I like to do for myself is this is a fundamental warrior sage principle and practice. It's counter to many forms of self-help philosophy. So play along with me here for those of you who sounds this is well, this is very interesting, okay? Maybe a new concept for some of you. And that's the concept of you know how we've all heard of 
uh, the concept of you know take what is it take prisoners take no names it's a very macho uh yeah, um, very much so. Statement. What is it? How do you uh, say it? Take no prisoners. Yeah, I think it's just take no prisoners. Yeah. And, you know, no names or take names or whatever, right? All of that, yep. right? Those particular mindsets, those particular energies, if you look at anyone, and I've had the fortune and the honor of, you know, working with very interesting people in leadership in various levels of success and leadership in their lives. Some of the biggest names in our business too. And what's interesting is, is that, the ones who become the most powerful are the ones that have the least self-importance. So how do we cultivate that? Let's look at what within ourselves pisses us off. When we look at our own self-image, how do we feel? Less than, more than? Look at how those people are doing. We're comparing all the time. That comparing is the part in us that never got the full nurturance of being seen and nurtured and appreciated. Hence, we got into personal growth because you get a lot of contact and connection here. <laughs> 100%. Right? Yep. More than anywhere else. And it tends to be very genuine. Yep. And it tends to be with very awesome people and very positive, for, you know, like forward-thinking individuals, right? Right. But the challenge is most of us in this industry, and including myself, came from a place where we lacked being seen, appreciated fully enough. So we're searching. Our dragon within this is, continues to get us to look for appreciation from outside of ourselves because we didn't create and develop those dendrites of appreciation perhaps when we were younger. So there's this thirst to fill that void. And that tends to be the unconscious driver behind our careers, behind our desire for freedom and greater love. It's our unresolved family dynamics. Now, what to do about it? Well, first of all, you recognize that at the end of the day, let's say, for example, I have a goal I want to have. So here's the paradoxical thing. Let's say I want to grow my Accelerated Evolution Academy and grow my Master Coach Mastermind to 50 international top level helping professionals, all right? Like the creme de la creme who are looking for self-realization, self-actualization. And I say I'm visualizing what's in my soul and I'm communicating it out, right? Got it. Now, usually the idea is just push it, you know, make it big, get totally behind it, never say die, all of that, right? Yes. Right? Massive action equals ma massive results, all of that stuff, right? But what we don't see is the dark side of that massive action behind the scenes is divorces, breakups, health problems, lack of balance, lack of sleep, nervousness about bills, nervousness around taxes, the gamut of what's behind the face in front of the stardom, right? In front of the desire to grow and be prominent in life. Ah. So what I've just... Yeah. <laughs> Big deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Hey, I'm sharing all of this from my own personal experience yeah, of going through do. these demons myself. I'm not coming here as a preacher. I'm coming here as one who's been deep into that side of it not working. So I'm, I'm smiling at myself here. Well, I'm raising I'm, I'm raising my hand just the same. Like, yep. <laughs> and I'm certain everybody else on here, same thing. Yep. Is, is there anyone else out there listening? You can raise your hand too. This is... The Anonymous Anonymous Club, right? There you go. So here's what I've discovered for myself. Once I have that visualization, then rather than pumping it up, right when I have the goal, here's what I do. I lower the importance on it. That's the first step. Yep. So first step is feel what your soul and mind unity wants to generate, what goal it is, what feeling, what you want to experience, life experience. 
We all know there's so many forms of visualization. I'm sure everyone's got their own form and there's great teachers out there. Find something and feel it fully, okay? That goal being achieved, realized, fully attained, feel that, see that. Most of us know that particular concept. So we enter that state. Then the next state, the next space is dialed down the importance of it all. That's what brings you into the Tao, the Zen state, the equilibrium of non-pressure. And then what you do is then you do impeccable actions from a less emotional state, not from a fired up state, not from the rah, rah, rah state. No big morning rituals to get you pumped up on this and this. You come out, you come out, you're steady. You're a steady warrior sage. When everyone's going up and down, jumping up and down, clapping their hands, this and this, you walk straight and clear through the crowd in power. And when people rise and fall around you, you're there 20 years later with the same level of steadiness, openness, calmness, resolve. But now you're working with people who are paying you millions of dollars. Your gifts are expanded far and wide. And yet you're in a state of equilibrium. Because you're in symmetry with the forces of push and pull rather than pushing or pulling. You're in symmetry with the cosmos. And that's how you become an enlightened entrepreneur, one who's awakened all the way through, you know. Wow. And then things come to you. It's profound. Ah, it's really good, man. I'm uh, noticing when I'm breathing and when I'm not breathing as I'm taking this in. I'm like oh, hitting all these truths that are clenching my breath up and then I just open it back up and surrender to what you're saying, Satya, and it's incredible. Are there other steps to that or is that it? <laughs> That's it. It's big. Feel it's simple. Feel This is the warrior sage path in any moment. Feel your soul and mind. Feel for their unity. If they're not in unity through something you're scared of, it doesn't feel right. Your mind may think it's a good idea, but if your gut, your feeling, your soul is the feeling of comfort at the core of your being. When your soul is comforted, it's like a deep yes from your feminine side, from the soul side, from the, the place of bodily wisdom. And when that's aligned with also a relaxation of the mind, the mind goes, oh, that's a good idea. The soul is a good idea. Then you move forward. Now, it's easy to get the soul and mind fired up through inflaming something that you don't like. Right. I can't stand that. The mind goes, yeah, I can't stand that. The soul goes, I can't stand that. Right. Those feelings unite. But the problem is most of us only unite and act on when our soul and mind are in unity around something that's tension filled or something that we're against. Right. And then we get just more of that because we start sliding into those subsequent realities which represent that basic tension of life. And it just builds up over and over and over again. So, I mean, you do this work face-to-face. -face. Can you share a little bit about what you're up to in the world and how you deliver this work and where people can find out about you? Yeah, well, I have two mastermind mentorships I lead. One of them is for helping professionals, and I call that Accelerated Evolution Academy. And people can find out about that at AE, as in Apple, Elephant, AEMethod.com accelerated evolution method.com got it and what it is it's a set of psycho spiritual tools from this philosophy of the warrior sage which allow coaches guides physicians therapists any business consultants anyone who's really wants to be able to create deep profound consciousness shifts like remove states of closure and difficulty and just get them out of the way like within moments it's very fast deep how can i say 
It's a permanent thing. It's lasting because the person's consciousness has shifted, not just a state change. It's a whole development of a whole new way of being. So I train people in that. And that's a very nourishing part of my mission because I get to help other helpers Right. Like up level themselves. You know, I get to help masters and people who are like high level. Like, you know, I use martial art analogies because I come from that. People are black belts already at what they do. I help them to get to mastery level or masters get to the next level. So it's exciting. And plus, it's a spiritual path of self-realization, which requires nobody but yourself. So I really dig that aspect of it, you know. Beautiful. That was the first one. You said there was two, right? There were two. Yeah. So and then I lead another mastermind for CEOs who are conscious, who are interested in wider meaning, who are interested in creating a life of total freedom. And I call that group equilibrium. What we do is we work on crafting and creating a life of really flowing with reality so that stress is eliminated and dissolved, struggle is all dissolved, and that we enter these high states of flow in our personal life as well as our business life. So that too, because is a really a culmination of all the things that I've learned around leading businesses for many years and how to do it in a way that just magnifies true freedom rather than just paints oneself in a box, you know? So, well, one yeah. thing I've always appreciated about you, my friend, is just how you show up in that state of equilibrium. So uh, if you can get others in that neutral somatic state with less self-importance, man, I'm certain they're uh, going to be thriving on all levels in their life. Yeah. I really feel that us as leaders, everyone who's listening to this is a leader, is a guide, is a helper. I think this is a very opportune time in life right now to reevaluate the amount of units of attention we give to the gifting of ourselves, the offering, and to put the emphasis on being, on face-to-face connection, speaking with people, reaching out and phoning, shaking hands, not networking in your traditional sense, but true reading out, using traditional ways as well and meeting and having people over for dinner, having them over to your place, you coming over to other people, but bringing back the depth of human contact Yay! (laughs) in this era where we want to do less so that we're having money, but really money when it's generated through genuine contact magnifies when it's generated from the removal of contact somewhere along the line, it'll dissipate and dry up. And cause a balancing force to have you back where you were at the beginning. I guarantee that. That's really, really great advice to wrap up with here. We're going to wrap on that point, Satyang, because it's so spot on. I'm going to challenge everybody listening. Where can you be more personable, literally and physically? So with your body, where, where can you go out? And I loved how you said not in a traditional networking sense, because that's a little bit transactional. Where can we all step up and be more relational in our beingness? I'll challenge everybody on the podcast right now to really, really put the effort into, like you said, Satyan, make the phone calls, have the dinners, set the dinners, go to dinners, get out and be with people. And I I certainly get that as I'm here in the middle of the jungle by design in isolation, which is an interesting thing for me. I've never been this isolated and there's great growth. You face all of your dragons being alone this much. And there's the need for oxytocin and dopamine and all the other chemicals that we need as humans and that we can sort of give forward as gifts. So let's go out and share our gifts in a totally unique and different way. And on that note, Satyan, it's been my honor. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. And you guys, I highly recommend you do some work with Satyan, research what he's up to in the world. It's some of the most profound work I know. Hey, thank you so much, brother. And love you lots. And I love what you're up to. And 
you know, I got your back and I trust your heart and everyone who's listening, you know, good on you and, you know, keep offering that gift is all I can say. And my heart goes out to all of you. Amen, brother. Thank you so much, man. I love you too. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. I want to thank our guest for sharing his heart and brilliance with us. Thank you, Satyan Raja. I'm so grateful for your contribution to the world. You can find more about Satyan at warriorsage.com. And as we dive deeper into facing your dragon, I want to offer the opportunity for you to discover the number one hidden fear stopping you from earning what you're worth. Be sure to take the one minute quiz at couragequiz.com. And if there's something here I mentioned that you want to review again, keep in mind, we keep all the notes for you, including links to everything we've talked about today. You can find the show notes for this episode at faceyourdragon.com forward slash episode 005. And finally, I would like to invite you to subscribe and leave a five-star review for the Face Your Dragon podcast by visiting faceyourdragon.com forward slash subscribe. Be sure to share this episode with your tribe on social media if it was useful for you. We'd love that. And join our conversation in the Face Your Dragon Facebook group as we talk more about your greatest fears being the very thing that will set you free. Tune in to episode six because I'll be talking with my dear friend and hilariously conscious comedian seen on Showtime and many other massive platforms, the love master, Craig Shoemaker. He's one enlightened and funny mofo. I know you'll appreciate this episode. It's one of my favorites so far. And we will be discussing how love is the key and without humor and levity, we stay locked up and how being spiritually fit and connecting to a higher source will allow you to be in faith instead of fear. This incredible being and many more on the Face Your Dragon podcast. See you on the next show. And remember, when you face your dragon and take the leap, you will break free. 